from San Diego, California, it's the Frug Life Podcast with your host, Ricky Hershey. Welcome to the Frug Life. Today we have a listener question um, from the website Vote. Let me dive right into it. It's a long question with multiple parts, so we'll read a few parts, answer them, and then move on. What are some frugal slash alternative housing situations? Something beyond a yurt or a tiny house. What really works? What is scalable? How should one go about finding an affordable plot of land? How can one survive without a job? So in my mind, there's two ways to go when it comes to frugal living. We can live with minimalism or capitalism. So many people try to look at small remote houses which is certainly an option. This is the minimalism option in my mind. Try to cut back everything you possibly can and live on as little as you can in a remote area where the land is cheap and your house is small, so it's also cheap. And again, I'm I'm not an expert at this, but I mean, you could buy a small plot of land with water rights, drill a well, and live off the land in the middle of nowhere. There's still a lot that goes into that, though. Drilling a well is non-trivial, Maybe you can find a plot of land with a river or something like that where you can filter the water. Uh, And then that's just the water situation. You'll have lots of other things to figure out. Probably a septic tank system, maybe solar for your power. Uh, It really takes an expert in many, many different fields to do this, I think. Uh, So for me personally, I haven't done this, and I don't think I will do it in the near future. And in short, I don't know where you find an affordable plot of land. That's something I want to do. As I mentioned in a previous episode, I'm interested in real estate investing and investing particularly in the countryside because I think as high-speed internet gets better, doing this kind of living will become more practical as telecommuting becomes the norm. Uh, But in the meantime, I think we aren't quite there yet, but we're quickly approaching there. The other option is was capitalism, like I was saying before. And what do I mean by that? Well, one option is called house hacking. And what you would do is you buy a duplex or a multifamily residence, you live in one section, and rent out the other parts. And basically, if you collect enough rent, you live for free. So this is potentially a great deal because you live for free. You just have to manage one or two units or however many other units there are in the property. And it seems like a pretty good situation. I mean, part of the problem is finding a duplex or multifamily residence. Uh, And again, I haven't done this personally, but there are some, there are a lot of people who have, um, there's a YouTuber I mentioned in last week's episode, Graham Stephan, who does this. I'll share a video uh, where he talks about this. So there are options. You don't have to live in a yurt or a tiny house. You could live in a big city. You just have to find a duplex. And then also you'll want to run the numbers too and see how much rent you can collect. Compare that to the mortgage on the home you're purchasing and make sure to include all of the insurance fees and whatever else property taxes that you'll have to pay on the residence and make sure you're coming out in the green. Also, whenever you rent out to someone or rent out a property, I should say, you also want to include a vacancy rate in your calculations because the unit won't always be occupied. 
there's times where there's not going to be a resident and you won't get cash from it. So remember to include that in your calculations. But watch Graham's video. I think it'll provide some more insight on this. Lastly, to talk about living minimalistically and not having a job. There's plenty of options working online. Uh, you could work for a big company. There's a subreddit that's devoted to this kind of thing. I'll share a link in the show notes as well. You could just work for yourself as well, maybe being some sort of content producer like I am sometimes. Uh, but there's also lots of other things you could do, some sort of service provider or running your own company. I actually talk a little bit about this kind of stuff in my book, A Real Book on Money, which I'll include a link to in the show notes as well. But there, there certainly are options. And so this whole section, the whole idea of living in a tiny house remotely, I think we will revisit again on the podcast when I have some more resources. And hopefully we will go through my experience buying a plot of land somewhere as that happens. But I don't have immediate plans for it, so it may be a while. Lastly, for one other quick idea, instead of buying land in the middle of nowhere, you could also move to a lower cost of living city. For example, you can buy a home for very, very cheap in a city like Detroit, Michigan. So Detroit was once a much bigger city. There was automobile manufacturing going on there and lots of stuff, and it was a happening place. Uh, but since then, a lot of manufacturing has left the United States, leaving lots of homes and empty residents in Detroit. And so you can buy a house there very, very cheap. Um, finding a job in Detroit may be a little bit trickier. But it is an alternative from building a house from the ground up, just buying a house in a more distressed area. Speaking of which, we might even talk about this a little bit more Another user has asked me about investing in distressed real estate or real estate in areas like Detroit. So stay tuned. We may have more on this later. Okay, and we're going to take a quick break before the next segment. Okay, and welcome back. The next question is, if I ditch my car for a motorcycle, how much will I save? What will I do when it snows? So this question really depends on a lot of details. I mean, what type of car are you currently driving? What type of motorcycle will you get? And if you get something like a Harley or a big Honda or something like that, maybe you get 40 to 50 miles per gallon or less, uh, which is like maybe a little bit better than a car, right? Versus like uh, 30 or 40 miles per gallon for a Honda Civic. You may save a little bit of money in fuel efficiency. I suppose there's other factors to consider, like your time. In the state of California, for instance, a motorcycle can occupy the same lane as another vehicle. Uh, so basically, you can pass your motorcycle in between cars and save a lot of time when there is a lot of traffic. That being said, uh, dying or a trip to the hospital will really offset any potential savings in time or in gasoline. Uh, so really, it, my, my very short answer is I don't want to put a price on my life. Uh, it's hard for me to assign a monetary value to that. So the decrease in safety from driving a motorcycle outweighs any possible savings. So really, I'm, I'm going to stick to a small sedan, and I w it won't be too much of a loss. 
Now, if you are driving a big truck or something like that and you don't need to, you may want to switch to, you know, a Honda Civic or a small sedan that will save you some money. And lastly, the, the question on winter, that's also valid. If you live in a place where it snows, you'll have to have a car anyways. So if you have to have a car anyways, I don't really see too much point in having the motorcycle. I mean, again, if you get like a small scooter or something that gets good gas mileage and you enjoy the, the slight danger to it, uh, I guess you could go for it and you'd save a little bit of money on gas. But for me personally, it's not worth, worth the risk. Okay, it's Ricky, back for a bonus segment. So I was looking a little bit into buying land just on the internet. I found a resource called smartasset.com. I'll share a link to this in the show notes. And while I was looking on there, it gave some websites you could look at for options to buy land. And it gave, you know, standard options like LoopNet, um, some other specialty sites like landandfarm.com, Landwatch, uh, Craigslist. But it also had an option for sales by the government, so realestatesales.gov, which I clicked on and saw a few listings for land. One of them looked like it was in the middle of the ocean by Florida, so obviously I clicked on that one. And it turns out it's in Key West, which I visited somewhat recently, and I talk about on my vlog, or at least I will soon. So be on the lookout for that. But apparently this listing in Key West is for a lighthouse. And that's all it is. It's a big lighthouse, cast iron, pyramidical, screw pile, screw pile tower. Uh, lists cast iron pipes, wrought iron tension and compression, blah, blah, blah. It's a lighthouse. No dwelling is present. The keeper's quarters were removed due to damage from a fire that occurred in 1989. Only the structure will be conveyed. So if I understand this listing right, there's not even land for sale in this. It's just the lighthouse. Just wrought iron lighthouse and the current bid is twenty four thousand dollars <laughs> no land I don't, I don't even understand what you would do with just a lighthouse and no land or anything or i i don't i don't know i don't understand how that somebody is going to pay tens of thousands of dollars for a hunk of metal in key west uh so i'm i'm bewildered by that so it looks like there is some fun things you learn as you try to study real estate. Jeez, if you have any ideas what you would do with a giant hunk of metal in Key West, Florida, please let me know, because I haven't the slightest idea. <laughs>